What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream all at once. Here we are, episode 64. It's going to be a shorter episode tonight because um, apparently I'm not paying people to stay on here as long as I want them to. And until that happens, they get to make up their mind how long this is going to go. So that, with that being said, I'm going to get through the quick stuff at the beginning here real, real fast. Um, sorry, I didn't get this posted up earlier. So you knew it was happening more than 15 minutes ago, but um, guess what? I was riding bikes today and that was fun. So I'm sorry. If you guys really want me to start like making this the serious, as serious as possible, I need, I need like probably at least a thousand more people on Patreon. So if you guys can get on the Patreon, Hey, it's only a buck a month. You can get some coupons for five bucks a month. You can get a six sticker pack made by stickered. And um, if you don't want to do that, just, just stop by my Instagram or my Facebook page. They both have the same content on it. And that's uh, at biker B one. So B one K E R B one. If you guys super chat, dude, that is awesome. I really appreciate it. Sometimes I don't, I'm in the middle of a conversation and I'm looking at like 10 other things on the screen here. I don't always have the opportunity to like say thank you or call you guys out. That's sick when you do though, dude. I seriously really, really, truly appreciate it. So with all of that going on, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring on today's guest because we're, we're, we only have so much time. So today we have you guys actually get to see this dude's face for the first time. <laughs> we got James from MTV Savant. You know, I was looking for a picture of you, and I went back to the video that we did a couple of years ago in uh, on the Toad's um, Wild Ride. Wow! Because I was like, oh, I got some, I got some video of him there, and then I forgot the way I started the video was like from your shoulders down, and I never showed your face. So. <laughs> <laughs> That was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a while. It was it was a little bit, man. What have you been up to? How much? Just busy with life, you know, work, family, doing yeah. the YouTube thing. So it's definitely you, keeping me busy for sure. Yeah, I bet. When you first started your channel, channel, you didn't you didn't have any kids, right? I didn't have any kids. I think we were. I'm trying to remember now. It's been four years. I think I, I started know. my channel just a few months before you did, actually. Yeah, you were always a little bit ahead of me. Now you're, I think you're a lot of bit ahead of me. Where are you at now? Uh, I don't know, just over twenty thousand or something yeah. like that. Twenty one thousand, I think. Oh. Yeah, got a quick eleven grand on me or ten grand on me. That's awesome. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you barely ever post, man. That's what happens when you make good content, though. That's my problem. I don't make good content, so. <laughs> yeah, if if you wanna if you wanna learn how to how to run a mildly successful youtube channel definitely follow my blueprint because uh i haven't been posting consistently that's kind of the key thing that you need to do obviously yeah I and think, yeah. that's the hardest part yeah yeah well i think the posting inconsistently actually works because you and trail features both have like like ah, i put up a video whenever i feel like it and <laughs> boom freaking twenty thousand subscribers what do you know <laughs> yeah yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. I think uh, it, it takes a really long time to get an audience, and I feel like it took what four years now, or almost yeah. four years. And yeah, I think just just having that feeling of like being able to press the gas sometimes uh -huh. is sometimes satisfying enough for me. Which uh -huh. is kind of it's kind of hard to explain. It's like yeah. it's one thing to make content and nobody's watching it, right? 
Right. But it's another thing to, like you said, if I have time to make a video, I make it and it's well received. I think it's very gratifying for me. Yeah, it totally is, man. I mean, it, it's, um, I never really thought about it that way. Cause like when you first start your channel, there isn't anybody watching. No, you're really no. just doing it for yourself. Like 100%. you're doing it for fun. You're doing it because, you know, there's, there's that old notion, right? Like you should, you should dance like nobody's watching, right? Yeah. But when you make a YouTube channel, it has to be fun. You have, you can't think that there's going to be 50,000 people watching your first video, right? That's where I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you had unrealistic expectations then. But yeah. you really have to make content because it's fun and, and just make the last video a little bit better and, yeah. and just keep at it. That's the hard part. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. Right? You and I both know that. Yeah, it definitely isn't. And I think the um, building the audience thing, it takes time, like you said. And um, yeah. I think, you know, when you first start, you definitely, um, you come in like hard charging, like you have the most enthusiasm at, out of the, any time that you've ha had your channel when you first start. Yeah. However, like you have no audience. So right. it's like, it's kind of weird because it's like, then by the time you have all these people that are like really excited about seeing your content, you're like, well, I just like <laughs> entertained myself for the last year. Now I feel like not doing it as much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. It's, it's, I, I think we had this conversation before years ago. It's like when you, when you have that group of people that just like dig what you're doing, it's just so weird to you. Right. It's like, holy mm -hmm. crap, this is so weird because this is not my nine to five. I just do this yeah. for fun. And people like your content. It's, it's, it's become sort of addicting initially. It right? really is. Yeah, it definitely and is. Because, you know, you and I, we're, we're not in, in the entertainment business. Yeah. And essentially what we're doing here on YouTube, it's like, you're the cinematographer, you're the audio engineer, you're the content yeah. creator. You, you, you're a one man show. You make this yeah. content and people like it. And it's like, Whoa, that's just so weird. You know? you know, I know you've heard this story before, but there's a lot of people on this channel that probably haven't. And um, for those of you guys that don't know, Savant was the very first subscriber on my channel. That wasn't one of my <laughs> friends. And I remember like, who's this Asian dude that like, and you, you were like, you were like, good, good video, man. And I was like, this guy's full of shit, man. Cause like, I do IT and I mean, you know what I'm talking about, James, like doing an I doing IT, like you're instantly a cynic of anybody on the internet. Right. You know, you're yeah. like, yeah. yeah, whatever. This guy's a troll, you know? And so like, I remember like talking to my family, like this guy subscribed. He said he likes the video. I don't believe it at all. And then it like turned out to be like a legit dude that um, <laughs> I'm still friends with. You know, <laughs> I remember those earlier videos. I think you were, you were in a different home back then. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And you were doing your, your videos from your garage. Uh-huh. And it was like a one car garage. It was pretty small. Yeah. And you yeah, had right. like stacks of stuff on both sides of your garage. And I yeah. just remember seeing like this big, like yellow canoe or something. And I think you still have it. Yeah. Yeah. They're right over there. Little kayaks. Yeah. And I think you had just got your Bronson at the time. And yeah, I did. That was like, basically it didn't like, I don't know how that actually like, I don't think it like played out that way on purpose. I want to say I like, it was because it, it took, I remember I used to always joke. I like had to like sell my house to, to get a, yeah, it must've been it. Cause it was like, we were selling the house. Yeah. And um, because we were selling the house, like I was able to have some money and that's what like basically afforded me to buy this badass bike. Cause otherwise I was riding like a 10 year old 
I upgraded everything. Cannondale, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And I think like your first, the first video that I watched, it was like you just got the bronze in it, and like just the look on your face, it was like a kid on Christmas, you know. Yeah, I was like, that was a big step, man. You know, yeah, to go from a bike that you know is so old, and you're kind of let me take a step back to buy a bike that costs five thousand dollars, like that's huge. At least it was for me then. And it still is for me now. I mean, that's not like, like chump change, you know what I mean? Right, so right. it took a lot for me to be able to afford that, you know? And, and, um, man, I was impressed. I just sold that bike. I saw that. Yeah, man. It's, it was really hard to let it go. Who'd you sell it to? I don't know. Some, some, <laughs> some dude on Craigslist or Facebook or whatever, man. Is but it he, one of these uh, COVID people that are just like getting into the sport or was it I somebody? I think so. Yeah, I think he was just getting into it because I asked yeah. him if he was upgrading or not. And he said his buddy was like helping him find the bike because at first his buddy was talking to me. And then it was like, you know, it's one of those things where like once again with the Internet, you know, you're always like, what's going on here? Like, when's the scam coming? Are you guys going <laughs> to tell me? So let me write you a cashier's check. And you're like, I'm good, dude. Yeah. But, but no, he said he was just getting into it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, for just getting into it, like, get this bike, like, even though it's used, like, that thing is dialed, man. Like, yeah. and then, you know, I went and I had the suspension, both the fork and the shock, like, serviced. And I just so happened to just break the crank. So they got a new carbon crank and new chain ring. You know what I mean? So it was, like, pretty much, like, the brakes that were on it, I just took off the new bronson that i got so they're like brand new code breaks so it's like a lot of the stuff on there is pretty new nice right on yeah 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 a lot of memories on that bike for sure i'm sure it was hard to let that go yeah you know and once you like clean it all up and i put new decals on it because i took all the biker stuff off and it's like well then it looks all pretty you know and now the new bronson's <laughs> like sitting in the garage all dusty because i just took it off the trail and like looks all dingy and then that thing's all shiny and stuff you're like <laughs> Are you going to make a video about it with the montage of all the good memories you've had? I should, dude. You know, honestly, <laughs> I have so many video ideas, but like so little motivation. At this point, I'm like, I'm targeting to have a video out once a month. And um, I, I would love to tell everybody that I actually spend a month like editing the videos. But really what happens is I spend three and a half weeks like procrastinating working yeah. on the video. Yeah. And then I do it in the same amount of time that I was doing it when I was doing one a week. Yeah, I, I feel you too. I feel like if I if I give myself a target, that usually doesn't help me. Like if I say I'm going to do a video once a month, once a week, I'll yeah. just procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> I think like if you're one of those people that like you just put out a video and you're like, oh, thank God I don't have to do that for a while. Like yeah. I feel like that's a kind of warning sign that you're not going to yeah. have the longevity to yeah. really be successful with YouTube. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, it was like I got, like, when I first started, like like we were talking about it earlier, I, I was just super motivated. And, um, you know, essentially, I worked, like, a full-time job for a year and didn't get anything, like, no money. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah. like, like, to put 40, 50 hours a week into something for a year and... um and I wasn't quitting my job anytime soon. And it wasn't like I had like shit. I mean, I just now have 10,000 subscribers on that channel. So it was like, I think what happened was I kind of like realized like, dude, you need to like work out this like balance a little bit more, yeah. you know, and, and do like, 
be happy for what you have and appreciate that. And also like do it in a way that's sustainable. Cause if I tried to keep doing that, yeah. Um, I, I, there was plenty, there was a couple of nights where I just like walked out in the garage and I was like, screw this dude. I'm over it. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, in the beginning when you were really into YouTube and you had that 40 hour a week job, um, you know, chances are you ignored half of those hours, right? Cause you were yeah. just so distracted with YouTube, just answering yeah. comments, editing or yeah. whatever. Right. So yeah, it's, it's all about balance. I think finding that right balance. Um, I've got a young child too. So she's four years old now. So she's very demanding. Mm -hmm. She demands my time yeah. uh, a lot more than she was when she was an infant. Right. So it, it's all about balance for me. And yeah. so I, I try not to like take on too many obligations. When I say obligations, things like um, product reviews, like yeah. I get a lot of emails from companies, but I, I say more, I, I say no more than I say yes. Yeah. I, I probably turn down like 90% of the offers just because I don't want that commitment of like having to make a video for that. Right. Yeah. It sucks whenever you have that because those things kind of build on you, you know, yeah, and you end do. up having like three of them to do and you're like, crap, I haven't done that yet. And it yeah. just starts like, I don't know for, for about you, but my personality is like, whenever I'm being like forced into doing something, it makes me want to do it less. Even though like I'm the one that yeah. agreed to like do the product review, but yeah. it's like once they start piling up, like then I start feeling like I procrastinate even more because yeah, it's, like my defense mechanism or something. I don't know. I feel that way too, but it's like, you know, like sometimes you can procrastinate at work or at school and you know, when there's a deadline, you end up getting it done somehow, right? Yeah. Whether it be last minute or whatever, like if you really wanted to, you could probably get that video out, but there's really there's no obligation for you outside yeah. of what you feel you owe to your viewers. Right? Right. And I'll give you a good example. Cause I started doing some product reviews with vital MTB mm -hmm. and those have very specific like deadlines because like the product is dropping at this particular day. So it has yeah. to, happen, right. And so as busy as I am, I make content for my own channel, but I still have to find time to make that video for vital, which right. I do. So, it's one of those things where if, if there's a deadline and it has to be done, you'll find a way to make yeah. it. Right. Yeah. But something else has to give, like you said. Yeah. Whether I think that's what I realized life. too. I didn't realize like how much in the first, like, let's just say like two years of me doing YouTube, like how much I blew off maybe my job or my relationship with the lady or yeah. things with the kids. Cause in, you know, you're not, you're doing it here and there, you know, you're like, Oh, was that dinner? But yeah, you were, you were also like ate dinner, walked away and went back to editing, you know, and like, yeah. you know, th those kind of things. And it's just, it's really crappy, but those are the things that are just easy to take advantage of. Right. Yeah. Until they're gone. So yeah. Boy, this, this podcast is starting off in a dark place, isn't it? Right. <laughs> the hell, man. So next on suicide watch MTV savant and biker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 2020, man. You know it's going to just be dark all year. So we just need to just yeah, keep going with it. It's a rough year, especially in California. Oh, my God. It's like you can't get a break. You know, the last few days, the, the sun was out. You could see blue in the sky. I left this morning for uh, the ride that I went on kind of up, up in the hills of, towards Tahoe and uh, get up there, ride all day. Great. Come back down the hill. And it just looks like, like. I don't even know, like a bar at like 2 a.m. Just back whenever everybody could smoke inside. It was just like, <laughs> like Cheech and Chong's car. It was just like Sacramento's like hot box right now. It just looks yeah. awful. 
it makes you not want to go outside. It makes you not want to do anything. Yeah. But you know, the, the silver lining is it really makes you appreciate when the air is clear, right? Yeah. So you're more apt to get out for the ride. But yeah, I, I hear you. This this year has been rough for California. I mean, like the heat waves and the power outages and now the wildfires. It's like, I don't even want to think about what's next. Yeah. Have you been riding much? I have been because I've been working from home. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've, you know, I've got pockets of time, usually early in the morning or during meetings. So I live uh, like 15 minutes away from Joaquin Miller Park. So that's my go-to spot. Do you ride there? I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably a plus because I just keep hearing about like twenty cars getting broken into, like on a yeah. daily basis over there. Yeah, that's been a big problem. Although it's sort of died down lately, but yeah, there was a streak where like the whole Joaquin Miller Road was littered with glass. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was like almost every day. It'd be like twenty today, yesterday was nineteen, today was yeah. thirty-two. You know, tomorrow's thirty-two. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's kind of always been a problem in Oakland and San Francisco, but like, it, yeah, there's just been a rash of those lately. Um, I don't know if it's just because there's more people out there, but I don't know. My view, it's like, you should just not feed the trolls. Don't leave anything in your car that's worth yeah. anything, right? That's I never lock my car. I never leave anything in there that's worth any value. So yeah. I've been pretty lucky so far. Right. What's your address again? What kind of car? You have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live downtown Sacramento. It's kind of the same thing. You're just trained to like not leave anything out, you know? And yeah. so it just is what it is. You know, I go to my friend's house and they're like, you know, oh, just leave all the shit in the car. It doesn't matter. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you talking about? So yeah. um, you got some new bikes, huh? I did, yeah. I refreshed my my whole fleet essentially. Uh, had, so I like I had no, the Yeti SP four point five for a long time. Uh huh. I think when we first rode, I had that bike. No, you had something before that. I had the SP five, which yeah. is the twenty seven five trail bike. I bought that like five years ago. Yeah, that was the uh, bike you had when I first met you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had that, and then I had the uh, Yeti SP four point five, which is the short travel twenty nine er, and I had those both for just a few months, and then just decided I love twenty nine ers. I sold the SP five, yeah, and then held on to the SP four point five for a while, and then just sold it. I think like May of this year. So you have to, like no no Yetis now? Is that what's up? I have no Yetis. Yeah, as so my you friend just, Brian just would say, decided you weren't going to be a dentist anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's it. I'm gonna be a chiropractor now. Yeah, no Yetis. Uh, sold it. Got the transition spur, which is a short travel 29er. Loved that bike. Why and, did you uh, decide to get rid of a perfectly, like, well balanced Yeti that for a, a transition? Like, no offense, but like, not many people knew who they. Yeah, were. you know what I mean. Like, I if I told the, yeah, I don't know if I told you the story, but like, I, I, I love my SP 4.5, and the only bike I would have sold it for was a replacement from yeti and so i started hearing rumors that a replacement was going to come out but when it came out it wasn't what i expected it was mm -hmm. the sb 115 which is essentially like the sb 100 yeah, but like a, a long stroked trouble. version yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like wasn't really what i was looking for and i had already sold my yeti in anticipation of that bike Oh, and really? So, so you sold the Yeti thinking you were I getting did. a new, new Yeti. Which you should never do, me. by the way. That's yeah, like right? the worst advice. That's the worst thing to do ever. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't sell your bike. 
it's tempting because like there's such a good used market right now for bikes, right? Because right. there's like nothing's in stock. So right. like everyone's buying stuff on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, which is like good for sellers. Um, but the problem is you sell your bike too early and you can't get anything that's in stock. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah I right sold my now, bike I mean, too early. You can buy a new bike right now. I told one of my buddies like, hey, go buy this giant because he's like looking for something low cost. And uh, he's like, yeah, I went into the shop and they were like, uh, we can get it to you by April. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all right, well. Yeah, the the spur that I bought is sold out until I think around that time, spring of next year, which is insane. So, how did you get into like what what was it that it was just like you got hit up by one of those Facebook ads for the transition spur, and you were like, "Oh, what's this?" No, I just I, I kind of had what I wanted in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I love my SB four point five. I love that it has you know not a lot of travel. I like that it's mm -hmm. lightweight. Um, I love that it's versatile. Like I could take it on a cross country ride and not feel overbiked. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted that with just like a little bit more upgraded geometry, like something mm -hmm. a little bit slacker in the head tube angle, a little bit steeper in the C tube angle. Um, my 4.5 doesn't have a bottle cage. I know that's not a big deal oh, for some sucks. people, yeah. but it was for me. So I just wanted like my bike just a little bit more updated. Mm -hmm. And I was really hoping Yeti would make it. And unfortunately that didn't happen. So I could see if you're doing lunch rides like out of your house and it's that close to your house that a bottle cage would be like severely oh, yeah. important, you know? I, in fact, I just, I don't even fill my water bottle with water. I just put it on the bike because of Joaquin Miller, there are water fountains as you do the oh. loops, right? So you just refill a little bit as you go. Nice. So it's just more convenient than like having a refill a bladder, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I have like, gone so far like 180 from where i was like a year and a half ago with that kind of stuff like i used to be always 100 percent camelback like three liters of water all the time <laughs> you know what i mean and like carrying so much stuff that i like never used ever you know yeah. like, well, i have these 14 different sizes of zip ties just in case something happens and you know i like carried all this stuff for so long and then i don't know what happened like I, I, I don't know right off the top of my head right now, but somehow I started like wanting to only carry the water on my bike, you know? Yeah. And then, then it was like, and I tried like a hip pack and I, I don't mind the hip packs too much for the ones that are like carrying the water bottles, but I don't really, I haven't found a bladder one that I like, but if I can just put two bottles on my bike and get away from with that, or like have a ride where I'm like looping back by my car, if I need to like fill back up, um, that's like my dream dream to do right now. Like I'm trying to ride with no pack, no hip pack. Like I just yeah. want everything there. You, you know what's happening, Robert? It's you're you're slowly transitioning from XC to full enduro. So is that what it is? Halfway there. <laughs> yeah. But you're like strapping tubes on your bike soon. And yeah. like, oh, I yeah. have that. I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> I got that uh that pump too, that EDC pump. Yeah. So it has I have, I have that as well. Pump. Yeah. I, I couldn't put the tool in my headset because I had this bottle cap up there. I like looking at the bottle cap instead of putting the tool in there. So, yeah. Like, oh. But the thing about the tool, though, is that that pump, I just have another um, mount on my my hardtail and then I can just move it right in right in between the two bikes, which is pretty handy then, you know? Yeah. So it's have, nice to not have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, you know? for sure. 
I have a couple of friends that have like specialized bikes and they have the SWAT box. Oh, I wish and they're just like, I know. Right. Like there's just, they're just so hooked on it. They just can't get another bike yeah. that doesn't have it. And I can see totally, I can totally understand. I don't even understand why the other bike companies aren't like, that was a good idea. Knowing specialized was probably a patent there. Who knows? Sometimes. Although the Trek bikes now have them as well. So who knows? Oh, really? Well, Maybe you have to have like lawyers that are willing right. to, I'm sure they you. worked out some kind of deal between the two of them, right? Yeah. But it's just a hole broken, in the frame. How, is, how right? can that be patented? Yeah. It's probably like the door or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like nobody else can come up with another door. They're like, I don't know how to do that, man. So Right. It's some things on bikes like blow your mind that it takes so long for them to figure out. Like Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. I saw a notice on a truck today starting to put like an extra like bumper underneath your frame like where it scratches from being on the tailgate. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. why did it take bike companies like <laughs> freaking 20 years to come up with that? Like everybody's bike has been scratched there and they're like, Oh, I, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they just rely on like the third party companies to, to make something, but does yeah. your Bronson have that? The Bronson, the new Bronson does. Yeah, it I does. Think, I think, um, let me look at the 5010. No, I I think this year's fifty ten might have that there too because they changed okay. the, but um yeah I mean it's like it's, it's the little touches like you don't think you need that but then when you have it you're like oh that's pretty cool like right I don't know if I could live without that now you know yeah totally it, it's like having a well designed chain stay protector that keeps your bike nice and quiet like you demo a bike that doesn't have it you're like oh my god this is like feels like it's gonna fall apart I don't understand why Santa Cruz has some of their bikes have like the little thing on the top like the mega tower like that you cut on your i think it was your yeti you cut that yeah. mega tower one yeah so some of the chain protectors have the little like ridges on top of them and some of them don't and it's yeah like, I, th I think it depends on when the frame came out like it's not just santa cruz now like all the other bike companies are catching on where they're yeah. integrating it into the frame which i think is a great idea because it yeah. works and so that's one of the touches that like if you're buying a bike in 2020 and it doesn't have that, it's kind of a letdown, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I got I to gotta figure out a way to make it quiet myself. Or a bike in 2020 that has like noisy internal cable routing. It's like, come on, guys. Like other companies have figured this out. Let's like, I shouldn't have to deal with this. Yeah. My chameleon. First world problems. Your chameleon? You still have yeah. your chameleon? I had, well, I sold the aluminum one and I like, that's right. Made you got the carbon. Yeah. I made everybody think I was getting another bike, but I was really just upgrade the frame <laughs> i was like that's it the did the, oh man i totally got everybody on that video too because i like told everybody like how awesome this bike is for the whole video and then at the end i'm like i'm gonna sell it <laughs> <laughs> and then that was like a nightmare because that happened i bought that frame in january it was like right when covid started like in overseas yeah. So basically, whenever I paid for it in January, they were like, yeah, I'll be here in two weeks. And then on a sudden, like the next day on the news, they're like, uh, China's closed. You know? <laughs> and, and then it, it took like four months for it to come in. It was like, oh, my God. And like at that point, it was kind of like I had already sold the other bike. And I was like so in love with my hardtail. And now it was like gone. You, yeah. you, you're, you're riding a hardtail now, too, right? I have one in my garage. I have a Schwinn which is that $400 yeah. Walmart hardtail. But you kind um, of upgraded it though, right? Yeah, I put some pieces together that I had laying around in my garage. I still ride it. Um, I live like down the street from Chabot. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever ridden there, but it's no, just like cross country trails. Yeah, yeah. 
So if I have like 30 minutes, 45 minutes to burn in between meetings, I'll just grab the Schwinn and pedal up to Chabot and just do a couple laps there. So that's awesome, yeah. man. I yeah. wish I had something that close. The only thing I can do right out my door is ride road bikes. So it's like, <sighs> as much <laughs> as I don't want to do it, it's like easy to do though, to get some like real quick, burn some calories, you know? Yeah. And, Eventually, I'll be able to say I'm just burning those calories so I can drink more beer. But lately, I've not been drinking beer. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. I don't know if that's good for me or not. <laughs> I mean, it's probably good for my waistline. It's probably good for my bank account. But I don't know how it does for my like my 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 personal. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think you get it though. Yeah. I like being drunk. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun once in a while. Yeah, yeah, especially days that end in Y. I mean, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't really see what the problem is here. Yeah. So, so are, I mean, did you catch the hardtail bug with that thing? Are you like thinking about getting like a legit one with some some better geometry or what? You know, if anything, I think that bikes just sort of opened my eyes to just how fun bikes are in general. Like, I think. I don't know if I talked to you or Joseph about this in the past, but like there's a, there's a clear divide in the bike world between like mid to high end and budget. They're like two different worlds. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that. Right. Yeah. And there's channels obviously dedicated to either side. Like Kev mm -hmm. central does a really good job at like focusing on department store bikes and upgrading yeah, yeah. those departments. Like he's, absolutely killing it yeah because it turns out that's the bigger market for mountain bike riders like there's right. more people in that price range than there are like looking for carbon bronsons and right. yetis right? right like our channels if you just focus on the high end not only are you in a niche channel because you're a mountain bike channel but you're also a niche because you're like on the high end as well right so it's yeah. like you're not going to get that big market share of viewers as you would if you're just like you know at $800 specialized hard rock. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think if anything, like I haven't really spent a lot of time on that like side of the market. And mm -hmm. once I started to sort of explore that a little bit, like it's super fun. Like yeah. it's not just about hardtails, but like the difference between like a $800 hardtail and a, like a, I don't know, $1,800 hardtail, like there isn't that much difference. Not a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, my, my chameleon, when I bought the first one, the aluminum one, it was like 1700 bucks. It was the aluminum, the bottom of the line build. Yeah. And I mean, something between that and like maybe one that's like a grand, like what you're saying, it's, it's really just some component difference, you know? Yeah. I had NX instead of, you know, the cheaper one would have whatever is like the, I don't even know what those are, you know, like Shimano has like a Lero or a, something. I don't even know what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Fun yeah. Color. You know, it's like they have like these knockoff kind of like um, brand forks or something like that. But at the end of the day, like you're right. It, it is ridiculous to like, get into mountain biking and think that you have to have a, a 3000, 5000. Yeah. Bike. I, I totally hear you. And it is, is I hate to say this, but there are a lot of, um, I don't want to say like snobs, but like, you know, th there are a lot of people on the high end side that wouldn't be caught dead looking at those other bikes. Yeah. But 
they're really fun too. I mean, they're different. They're not as capable and obviously the brakes and suspension might not be as good, but you can just slap on good tires on a lot of those bikes and absolutely shred. So yeah. I can tell you that I've had my ass kicked by guys on shitty bikes plenty of times. So <laughs> obviously it doesn't have anything to do with how good the bike is. Because, um, That's kind of cool though. Right. Cause you could like, if you're into cars and you buy a, Corvette, like you're, you're going to be instantly faster than like anybody else. Right. right. Like, you know, with bikes, that's not the case. Right. Because no, obviously skill comes into it way more than anything else. Yeah. One of my friends the other day I was riding, or not the other day. I'm a typical guy. Like the other day could be anywhere between one week and seven years. So, <laughs> so anyways, I was riding with my buddy like a month or two ago and you know, we were riding this place that was like up and down, you know, like kind of punchy up, punchy down kind of thing. And he didn't have a dropper. And I just remember like thinking like, how the hell is he riding like this? But he was whooping my ass. You know, it was <laughs> like, like, I, I can't even think about pedaling that way anymore, you know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think you just learn to work around it, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going to be as comfortable, but you could be a lot faster if you have the skills. It doesn't yeah. really matter what you ride. And that's really cool that you let, you really let your skills do the talking, not necessarily how expensive your bike is. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to buy an expensive bike to make up for my lack of skills. So <laughs> <laughs> could be some of that too. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what I'm shooting for that. Or at least that way, like you got to look the part if you can't be the part, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I like to like self deprecate a lot and then I end up like making people think that I'm a horrible rider and then they go ride with me and they're like, Oh, this guy is actually. You're, yeah. You're not nearly as bad as you say yeah. you are. I, I remember thinking about that when we rode toads. Yeah. Like, this guy's, this guy rips. I don't know what he's <laughs> talking about. Clint would always tell me sea lock. He'd always be like, dude, you're setting these people up for failure, man. Cause they're like, this dude's 300 pounds. He should, if he can do this ride, I can do this ride. And then they go out there and then they're like, holy shit, I'm dying. And then, <laughs> like, I'm just fat because I eat too much chicken wings and love beer too much. Not because I'm not at it. Like I can't ride. <laughs> like what is wrong with me? And I'm really bummed right now too, dude. I am like, uh, I'm, I'm a few pounds away from being under 250. And that puts me in a whole new bracket on fucking Strava. So there goes all of my like making me look like a fast guy because I was over in the 250 pound club. Oh, so now I'm going to fall in, you know, instead of like being number 10 in the 250 pound club, you know, on the trail, I'm going to be like number 4,207. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know there were brackets for weight. In Strava. Yeah. There's, there's only one bracket for weight. So it's like everybody and then fat guys so, <laughs> you have ages as well so i'm hoping that like the next two years goes by quick because i think that's what i need to get into the next age bracket and then maybe it'll bump me up some nice so you'll be under 250 you said yeah i'm almost there that's awesome well, yeah. what's your goal 220 okay yeah. almost there yeah yeah no it's dude it's crazy how i mean obviously it's been a shit ton of work and um but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I've lost a bunch of weight in the past and every time it's just a matter of like actually getting the mindset of, okay, this is what I'm doing, you know? And, yeah. Um, and then you just have to do it, you know? And that's the, it sounds so simple because it really is. But on the other hand, it's like, 
it's it's hard to to say no you know like today like we did this fun ass ride and everybody's having beers and i'm like do i want to drink 300 calories (laughs) or do i want to like eat some more of this burger and not you know what i mean like like so i'm sure that's that's always hard when everyone around you is drinking that must be hard yeah all my friends are alcoholic new friends Right, you ditch that you stock guy. He's, right? he's bad for you. I'm telling you. you. Go down to AA and like just be like, anybody here ride bikes and not smoke <laughs> cigarettes and drink too much coffee? <laughs> right. Then the one dude's like, I ride bikes, but I still do heroin. So <laughs> <laughs> these bikes are stolen. No, I'm just like, <laughs> right is. on, dude. I'm glad you're almost to your goal. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. News. No, I'm I'm super stoked, man. Honestly, it's just I, the main thing I've been telling everybody is I can't wait to get to my goal weight so I can start working on getting fat again. Because <laughs> it's way more fun getting fat than it is losing weight. And it took me like 10 years to get this fat. So it's like, dude, it won't take that long. I mean, dude, <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. Nice. <laughs> nice. The goal is actually just, you know, keep the same as long as I'm doing all the things that I'm doing right now. At that point, I'll be able to eat whatever I want and drink the beer that I want to drink, and I'm not going to be. You mean maintain your your schedule, your yeah. workout schedule, essentially? Yeah, and that's basically what happened between the last time I was 220 and when I hit 300 was I stopped doing all the other shit, and I stopped giving a fuck about what I was eating, and then, um, then you know, it just it just it keeps coming, you know, and yeah, you know, an injury here or there that keeps me out like. Like, for example, somewhere along that line is whenever I screwed up my shoulder and I couldn't ride for like six months. So it was like the only thing that I was doing that was healthy was riding bikes. And then I took that away. And then, of course, if I wasn't able to ride bikes, then I was like, I'm going to drink more beer. I'm going to eat more crappy food. That makes me feel good. You know, and like you just you just add it on. You add it on. So, yeah, it's hard because like bikes is like the only cardio that I really do that I really enjoy doing. So if I wasn't able to ride from injury, like I'd have a really rough time too. Yeah. I used to run a lot and ride bikes. And, um, I, I started running again before I started this diet I started running again. And then I was like, I just don't really want to do this. Like, I, I, I don't know how you can run. That's just so hard on the body. Yeah. It's just like, the only reason I did like, cause I was in the military, you know what I mean? So it's like, you have like these, like, Oh, that's how you get in shape. You run, you do pushups, freaking jumping yeah. jacks. And then you're, you're skinny again, you know? So it's like, but, um, then I just decided, I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to ride more road bike, even though I can't stand it. Like that'll be good cardio there. And then I'm going to ride more mountain bike and, um, I'm going to eat right. And that's really all I've done, you know? And yeah like what is it this point i last time i weighed in i had lost 42 pounds nice yeah but yeah who knows man can't wait to see the video robert right yeah i think i got (laughs) you know i got a weigh in on monday and so tomorrow and then i have a week until i should be getting like almost having that other video out so that means i'm gonna have to start editing it probably tomorrow and that was me procrastinating. So more than likely I won't start editing until like Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> it's ridiculous. How about you, man? Um, you uh, catch any COVID weight? 
I think I did originally, like when the first lockdown occurred, like I didn't ride for probably five weeks. Mm -hmm. That was really hard. That was really hard. Um, so I definitely put on weight. I didn't weigh myself. I just kind of felt it, you know, mm -hmm. like I put on like weight on my midsection and my face. Like those are the only two places I put on weight. Yeah. And the wife definitely noticed like those two were getting bigger, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then I started writing more and more. And now I think I'm like skinnier this year than I was last year. Oh, wow. Right on. Dude. So just, just from writing more four or five days a week, you know, yeah. even if they're not long rides, just something short, you know, yeah. like five miles, as long as you get your heart rate up and you're pushing pretty hard, like, yeah, all that matters. When the, you guys have some pretty punchy hills over where you're at, so I mean, I'm I'm sure you can get that like pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some elevation here that helps too. Um, I think uh, where you are, it's pretty flat, right? You have to kind yeah, of Sacramento. Up. Yeah, yeah. You got to drive about half an hour away to get some hills. Yeah, pretty much anywhere I'm like doing like regular mountain, like real mountain biking is going to be yeah. at least 30, 45 minutes away. But still, so even that, on a road bike, you can push pretty hard, right? Yeah. That's really that's yeah. I mean, and that's really like uh, as much as I've ridden the road bike lately, um, it's just really helped my endurance a lot, you know, yeah. like tremendously helped my endurance. And I, I mean, at this point, almost every ride I go on, I'm setting new PRs. And it's, you know, I don't know how much of it's the, I think the road bike is like part of it where I can like pedal through where I would have maybe stopped and took a break. But I think the thing that's actually helping more is the working out is like, like my core strength is way stronger. So I'm like more like I'm being able to throw my bike around yeah. and not be like, just wearing myself like totally, totally out, you know? And I'm yeah. like having that because I'm, I don't know, maybe because I'm doing a bunch of like squats and lunges and shit like that. So it's like having that, like that extra muscle to like punch up through some rocky section and, and yeah, then have the endurance to keep pedaling after that. Well, it's not only, it's not only just getting stronger, but also just less weight to move around. Right. So yeah. it's a good combination of those two things that are helping you. Yeah. I mean, I pick up, you know, the dumbbell that's 40 pounds and I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot. Like I was telling <laughs> people in my last video, like at that point, I think it was like 30 pounds or right around then or something like that. And it was like, go pick up a bag of dog food at the grocery store. Like that's what I was carrying around, you know, the big yeah. bag. And it's like, that's freaking heavy, man. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of crazy. I don't know. I, I didn't think, yeah, I didn't really think about it in that aspect. I mean, I'm sure I did, but you really notice it, you know, Yeah, when it's gone. So, so, um, you think you're going to keep this transition for a long time or are you already eyeing something up? Uh, I love this bike. Uh, I want to keep this one for a while. And, and I kind of know that I am because like, I'm already like, I already registered the bike, you know, through oh, their website. Like I never that. do that. Right. Yeah. Like, I never like, do. That's either. kind of a sign that I'm going to keep this for a while. And then I started like thinking about just already, this is kind of crazy because the bike is only two months old, but like buying replacement bearings. So yeah. that I have those ready to go for next year. It's, <laughs> so I'm already like, 
you're such a planner i'm already planning the wedding and yeah 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 even though this is the honeymoon phase yeah my bearings were like starting to go on the bronze and i'm like i, th I think i need to get a new bike <laughs> <laughs> that's the right way to think about it that's... like that's it this thing's done <laughs> <laughs> so how are you liking the new bike dude this thing climbs like you wouldn't even believe it man like it's kind of a like a weird happenstance but sea lock ended up getting a new bronson at the same time that i did oh, and did. Um, yeah yeah i just like uh, a family member had bought one and uh, just wasn't able to like physically like some kind of medical thing they couldn't uh. ride it so they were like hey i'll give you a good deal on this and he was like I really like my bike, but that one's new. I don't want to see it. You know? So he, he got that at the same time. And both of us have like, this thing climbs so much better than my old one. Really? And, yeah. And there's some things about it that I've been really surprised that when I, I demoed this bike, like when it first came out and, and I remember like thinking that I liked still liked my bike more because I felt like my, mm -hmm. my version was uh, the V2 is like a little more poppy and mm -hmm. I still feel that way, but there's some stuff, there's some stuff with this one that I feel like I just didn't have enough time on the bike to really understand like how much better it is. Yeah. First of all, like I said, like I, and you could say it's because I'm in better shape, but I mean, I was riding my other Bronson like two weeks ago. So like, it's not like all of a sudden I got this bike and I just got super strong, you know, like yeah. I seriously like have PR'd like some climbs that I haven't PR'd in a long time, you know, by like two minutes, you know? And, um, so, and then also C-Lock is saying the same thing. He's like, dude, I'm just like, this thing climbs. And then the other thing is like, uh, it just handles really good. Like, like you drop the handlebar in a turn and it just like whips, you know, and I didn't yeah. feel that same, the same way. I mean, obviously the other bike was a great bike, you know, I, what, what year was the year old Bronson? Was it a 2015? 2017. 17, 20, okay. Yeah. So okay. It was, there, it was the last generation, right? Yeah. It was just the last generation. Okay. So yeah. A um, lot's changed in just a few years though. Like, you know, right. The bikes have become longer. I think yeah. you wrote a large Bronson before. Is this a large or an extra it's, large? It's still a large. Okay. I did size up whenever I got the carbon frame on the hardtail. Yeah. But that was just so that it would like dampen yeah. the trail but, out. A but little. even from large to large, just from going from that generation to this generation, the reach is longer. Yeah. Right? Just the overall wheelbase is longer. So it probably yeah. fits you a little bit better. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Because I notice I'm not over the handlebars as much as I was before. So, um, I mean, my seat still slammed all the way back. So, I mean, it's not like, um, I, I think I'm just more comfortable and, you know, I'm, the, I'm probably in a, just a better position. So, yeah, but yeah, it's just really, really surprising and, um, how much better. And like the conversation that I keep having with random people is like, how do you like fathom that it's going to get better than this? <laughs> that's a good question you, you know yeah it, it will the question is how well yeah. here's the thing is it really better though because I, I have theories that say it's not really better or worse just different right and bikes are know. bikes are evolving based on how riders are riding 
mm-hmm. and where we're writing, which is different than it was 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So like, for instance, if we, I think like some of it has to do with the rise of enduro racing as well, which is only like, like six years old. I think the first EWS was 2013, mm-hmm. right? And that was kind of the first... Well, not first there was always downhill racing but like enduro mm-hmm. racing is like you know you don't time the ups it's all about yeah. ripping downhills on bikes yeah. that you and i can buy right we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't buy a downhill bike right right so like that style of bike really just became really popular where people um you know don't necessarily like prioritize the climbing portion they yeah. climb up to go down right so i think yeah. like that's kind of the way most people ride now. Uh, whereas like, you I know, that Cannondale that you had 10 years ago, that was like much steeper and it was more suited to climbing than maybe yeah. descending. Right. Yeah. And that bike was at the time, like I remember, cause it had like five inches of travel. Right. And I remember people being like, what are you getting a bike with five inches of travel for? That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. It was much simpler back then. You had one yeah. wheel size. You had four inches for cross country, and you have five inches for all mountain and yeah. you know, basically downhill bikes. Yeah. And now there's like so many different categories. It's so confusing. It really is. Like it's you know you don't realize how confusing it is until you start talking to somebody that like like if you've had a friend that you're trying to bring into the sport. Oh, forget about it. Oh yeah. man, you're like you 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 find yourself real quick like. like taking all this crap out to them and you're like no wonder they are like freaked out and they don't want to do it you know i know it's it's kind of something that i've been thinking about for a while it's there's the barrier of entry is even higher now because like not only bikes are expensive but like there's so many different choices now right and depending on who you ask they may be biased towards one kind of bike than another that may or may not be the right choice for that person so the you know, anytime there's a new standard, anytime there's a new wheel size, there are differing opinions about that, mm-hmm. right? Whereas before, that wasn't really an argument. There was one wheel size, right? Yeah. So it was much simpler back then. And yeah, as you said, it's really complicated for somebody to jump in now and understand what the right bike is for them. I think it's hard, too, for them to realize that, like, you know, hey, you could get this used bike that's, like, three or four years old that was like a, let's just say as a $6,000 bike then. And it's actually not better than the $1,200 one. That's brand new now. Yeah. Like the, like, like the way that the geometry has changed and stuff like that is like so dramatic where I, I mean, I just went through this with a friend recently. That's thinking about getting into it. And I'm like, look, buy this $1,200 stance. Like it's a full suspension bike. It will get, it will be a great bike for you to start building an opinion on, you know, like cause yeah. that is right now, if like you, you're not going to have an opinion of whether or not you want 27, five or you want 29 or whether or not you like fat wheels or skinny wheels or plus, we, you know what I mean? Like, like you have to, you have to ride to make an opinion. And for a bike like that, that's like, 12, I think it's like 1300 bucks or something like that for a full suspension bike. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Go out there and ride the shit out of that thing. Yeah. You sold it for half of what you paid for it in a year, right? Yeah. Your bucks. Like, that's a pretty good deal if you ask me, you know? Yeah, I think 
I think like I get a lot of questions on Instagram. People ask me about bike advice and it's really hard for me to give specific model advice. Mm-hmm. I think like once you choose a category of bike, mm-hmm. like once you get that part right, like what model you choose within that category, yeah. I would say almost doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I'll give you a good example. So I I've been riding this transition spur which by all accounts is kind of like like a cutting edge, I hate to say the word down country, but like an aggressive yeah. XC bike, right? Right. Like it has pretty modern geometry. It's pretty re- progressive in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then I rode this Yeti SB115, which is essentially kind of an outdated bike in a comparison on paper, at least. Mm-hmm. And I rode both of those back to back in my home trails, I had an absolute blast on both of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, for me to review it, I may prefer the spur, but that's just from a bike geek perspective. You know what I mean? Like most people don't choose a bike because it's a degree steeper and a half a degree. You know, they don't really understand the geometry numbers. They just really, they maybe they like the color or they like Yeti more than transition or, you know, whatever's in really stock right now from the dealer. You know, like those factors are bigger than what most bike reviewers and bike geeks talk about on videos Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not good at that stuff either it's just not like in my skill set i'm like i just get on the bike and pedal it and if i had fun then i was like yeah that was a good one (laughs) they're like the geometry was backwards i'm like i didn't (laughs) notice that i put the tire on backwards it just still had fun so i thought it was good I mean, can you imagine watching a, a youtube channel where like a bunch of wine snobs sat around and talked about different years and harvests and you know you know it's kind of the same thing if you think about it it's like for most people they just drink the wine that has a cool label and it gets them drunk right right yeah that sounds like a good idea (laughs) (laughs) sorry don't mean to put that in your head no no it's all right it's uh, it's all right um yeah no it's it's definitely interesting you know to think about um that's a lot it's a lot to get into writing you know it's too much. I think I think the barrier of entry is too much. There needs to be there needs to be just an easy bike to buy, like a Model T. You just go to a bike shop, you buy it, and for most people that are just getting into the sport, you should be good to go. I think that's where the problem lies is like cuz I think that like the hardtails that are coming out right now, they are that bike. But I think that like everybody who's maybe not a mountain biker who's thinking about getting into mountain biking, they think that they need a full suspension bike. Well, not only that, they need like six inches of travel because Sam Hill on EWS video that they came across on YouTube rides one. Right. So there's that. It's just like, for me, it's like when I bought my chameleon, I didn't buy that hardtail, like thinking that I was, it was going to be like, probably my favorite bike you know what i mean like i bought it because i was like oh this would be good for the channel and it'll be something different and make some of my local trails a little harder but then i was like holy shit i'm getting the same downhill times on that bike as i am on my freaking full suspension six inch bike like yeah on trails that are like no joke you know what i mean so it's like well this is fun and surprising you know like i think because those old bikes you didn't have like, or when I rode a hardtail last, it's like, you didn't have a dropper. Yeah. You didn't have aggressive geometry. Yeah. 
you didn't have a frame that's like flexing in the right spots, you know, like, I think that's a misconception. Cause like a lot of people that have been writing for a while started out with hardtails and their memories of hardtails are the ones from like the late nineties. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like the early 2000 and they were horrible. Don't get right. me wrong. So like the idea for them to like get on a hardtail now might be so foreign to them, but yeah. they don't realize that the hardtails have advanced especially in terms of geometry, like any other bike. Right. Yeah. So they've they've come a long way too. And that's exactly what you just found out yourself, right? Yeah. Like I'm just as fast on this bike because it's a modern geometry hardtail. Yeah. And it has and, all of the good rubber and the good suspension that I can get right now in 2020. Yeah. I mean, the only the only downside is like it's gonna beat your backup. You know, like right. You know, if you're on a trail that's like got a lot of like chatter, you know, like yeah. That's gonna especially suck. if you especially if you go really fast on that, like yeah. it definitely keeps you in check. Yeah, but I mean, think about somewhere like Flow or like even Braille or like a lot of the stuff like in UC. Like, there's not a whole lot of like chunk, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like you have way plenty of suspension in your legs, you know. So it's like these people that want to get into it. It's like I buy a hardtail, man. I'm just telling you, buy a hardtail. Yeah, you know. For sure, hardtails are fun, yeah. especially if they're modern hardtails. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy an old one. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, that that bike really surprised me, and I think that is what really started me on this like path of most of the time we're all overgunned, you know. And I don't yeah. understand why people are buying these like mega towers and like. <laughs> didn't you have one? I, I did have one. I sold it, but yeah, I, I I have opinions about that too. It, why did you do that? Well, I mean, why did you buy it in the first place? I think like you, I, you I had the short, short travel bike. I had the right? short travel for a long time. It was more of just like kind of understanding what it would be like to be overbiked. Uh -huh. And don't get me wrong, I could ride the Mega Tower anywhere. Right, like it's, it's a fine bike. Um, am I going to be faster on most of my trails? Probably not because it's just, there's just more bike to move around. Mm -hmm. It's harder for me to climb. I'm probably going to do less miles on it because I'm less willing to do that last loop when I'm already tired mm -hmm. on the mega tower. Um, but for, you know, the small percentage of the rides that are chunky, which are not very often, but that 5% of the time where I need it, I have it. So yeah. that's why a lot of people buy those kind of bikes. Yeah. Because they figure it's better to have it than not have it. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I've done Downeyville on a 140 millimeter fork, you know, and I've done it on a 160 millimeter fork and I, and the times are like the same, you know, right. so to get a 170 millimeter fork or in some cases, is the mega tower 180? No, it's, it's, uh, it's 160. It's 160? 160 front rear. Yep. But it's 29er. Okay. Yeah. 29er. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I, I thought it was bigger than that actually. I thought it was a 170 or something like that. So. Well, here's here's the funny thing. Like if you look at the Mega Tower, that came out before the High Tower came out. It came out before the Tall Boy came out, right? So you think Mega Tower it's this like monster downhill bike, mm -hmm. right? But if you look at the geometry numbers on the Mega Tower compared to the High Tower and even Tall Boy, they're almost identical. Yeah. Even in terms of frame weight, they're pretty close as well. So it's more about like, like they've kind of settled on this sort of geometry mm -hmm. for like trail riding, enduro riding, um, 
And then really what you're buying is just additional travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the mega tower is just not as big as a bike as a lot of people think it is. I guess it's I think if I was buying another, if I went, if, if I was buying another bike, that wasn't an e-bike. Um, because that's really what I would like to buy it <laughs> right now. That's a whole other topic, right? Yeah, you don't have time for that. Um, I, I think I would, I would go for a short travel 29 or like, I, I just think like, like a tall boy or like the bike that you had when, when I watched your video, I was like, man, that sounds fun. Or the Yeti, you know, like that 115 or what's the new one? The 100? Yeah. The Yeti, the, the Yeti SB 115. Yeah. Yeah, which is essentially a, a long-stroked Yeti SB100 that's been out for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, those bikes are definitely fun. I, I was a little scared that those bikes wouldn't exist anymore because, mm -hmm. like, again, a lot of the bikes that used to be in that category moved up, like the Tallboy being a good example. It still had 120 millimeters of travel in the current model, but the, it's pretty raked out, right? It's a 65-degree head tube angle, I believe. So it's mm -hmm. closer to the numbers of the Mega Tower. Um, so that kind of concerned me a little bit that these sort of bikes like the transition spur, like would, would cease to exist. Right. right. And I'm glad it came out. That was kind of a surprise that it came out yeah. from transition of all companies, which is really not known for producing bikes in that category. Right. But it's refreshing to see a bike that came out in 2020. That's like optimized for both climbing and descending. So it's, it's a super fun bike. And I'm not sponsored in any way, obviously. Yeah. How much do you have? What's the travel of the fork? It's 120. It's 120, 120. Wow. Yeah, but it's it's a super lightweight frame. It's 29er? It's a 29er. Yeah. 120, 120. The bike with, um, it's an X01 build, and it's like 25 pounds, 25.2 oh, wow. pounds. Dude, that thing so must be super light. Almost fun to climb, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's like an e-bike, but... Right. I think I have another theory that these like 35 pound enduro bikes are pushing people towards e-bikes, you know, because they become so hard to pedal up. You think? I think that's part of it. Like bikes in general have become heavier. And so like this whole like 24, 25 pound trail bike, like the spur is kind of a rare beast these days. And I think if enough people rode that kind of bike, I'm not saying they wouldn't get an e-bike, but you get some of the benefits um, of an e-bike without getting an e-bike. I think you're high. <laughs> <laughs> I you need to ride one, Robert. People are buying e-bikes because like, you can just have more fun. That's really what it comes down to. It's like more fun. Well, right? riding like, a 25 pound well, bike, I, I personally think is more fun than riding a 35 pound bike. Most of the yeah, time for but, most of the trails that I write. Right. Right. I hear you. But like, instead of like you live right next to the trails and you can go ride it every, every like day, whenever you feel like it. So for the guy that has to drive 30 minutes and is like only has an hour and a half or two hours to ride until he has to get home. Cause his, his kids there, you know, it's like, Hey, I could go up there and spend 45 minutes climbing up this climb and then do one downhill run. Or I could go up there and do that three times. Yeah, with an e-bike. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, I'm all for e-bikes. I think there's a there's a place for them in the market, and I think they'll only become more popular. Don't get me wrong. I just I think that popularity will accelerate if there's less lightweight trail bikes on the market. Yeah, 
I think that this is the downside to e-bikes is like you have to like go into it with all your buddies. Like you guys all have to agree you're getting e-bikes. Yeah. And and there's trail access. It, it's still illegal in most of the trails around here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I see them out there too. You don't need rules. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually rangers now turning people away on some of these trails. So I was riding UC the other day. I thought I was getting popped for sure. Me you and wrote, you rode UC? Yeah, I was down there with uh, Richard from Stickard. And, uh, nice. We popped out, and uh, you know how you, you just come out of the woods, and you're like on, on nine there. Nine, yep. And uh, the ranger's sitting there, and his car kind of moved forward a little bit, and I was like, oh, This must have been a weekday. Um, I don't know. It had to have been. No, I can't remember, honestly. I think it was a weekend, dude. And um, yeah, I don't know if he like got a text from his girlfriend or something at the same time. But like the car stopped and we just, you know, wherever we popped out, you like go up and you do like extra credit or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And we basically like just pedal our ass off to get up there <laughs> and pop back <laughs> onto the trail. And he didn't come, you know, it was like two cars oh. past us. And I was like, I thought for sure it was going to be him like with the window down. Hey, dude, pull over. You know, like, <laughs> oh man, we got so lucky. I, I was like, oh God. But. You know, I honestly, I would have paid it with 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 stride because it's like, it is what it is. I, I I don't understand why some place like that is illegal. Like, I know why can't a... that, like how many people, how many thousands of dollars are mountain bikers spending in that city every day because of those freaking trails, and they're just gonna like ignore it and then give those guys tickets whenever yeah. they're like. Yeah, I'm gonna get political in a second if I don't. So. <laughs> I know it's it's a weird it's a weird situation in Santa Cruz, um, and to make it more weird, like a lot of the marketing videos from even like the big bike companies, like right. a lot of their videos are shot there too. So it's it's definitely tolerated, but yeah, yeah it, it's a weird situation. I don't know if it's ever gonna change because it's it's been happening for so long. Yeah, but the trails are there for people to enjoy. It's there's just so many too. There's so many and they're like, so good. I've ridden there so many times and I still have like no clue where I'm at. Like, you know, like, that's the way like, they want it. That's yeah, the way they like, want it to I be. Mean, I know, like generally this is going to get me back down to the parking lot on the nine side. This, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know where that right goes. I mean, I don't know where that left goes. I'm like, it just, all you need to know is it'll drop you off at nine. So yeah. you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun down there. Is, where do you uh, where do you do you get down there very often? I try to i I ride there about once a month. Mm -hmm. um, I alternate usually between that and demo on the weekends. Mm -hmm. uh, so during the week, I'll do JMP usually, and mm -hmm. then on the weekends, um, I'll get a hall pass from the family where I could ride, you know, a couple hours away. Mm -hmm. But I definitely need to come up to to the north side a little bit. Yeah. Maybe where you are, like we were just talking earlier about like hoots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be awesome. I mean, anytime you want to ride, dude, just hit me up. Obviously, I'm riding every weekend. So yeah. Whenever your schedule is like available, just tell me and I'll tell you where we're heading. And if you don't like that, we'll pick somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. What's the Downeyville situation right now? Um, I think they are running shuttles again. It's just Downeyville Outfitters that's running it though. Okay. So they were closed down for a little bit somebody in the town said that they weren't wearing masks and so it mm. like shut them down for like a week or so and the other shop that normally does the shuttles they're like 
um my understanding is like they they're funded by the the trail advocacy group up there or whatever it's the sierra buttes or something mm-hmm. like that yeah so for them to not run shuttles like somehow or another like their bills are paid right so where like the Downeyville outfitter guys are like dude if we don't run shuttles we're not going to like put food on our table so yeah they're they're running still this season and um honestly the trails are in really good shape i was up there like two weeks ago and i think you know because of covid not as many people were going up there a lot of people didn't know whether it was open and just i guess can't pick up a phone or a, a browser and uh um <clears throat> they're just they're not as beat up as they normally would be nice so yeah i don't know like sitting in a shuttle right now with strangers knowing how tight that shuttle is yeah. would make me a little uncomfortable the shuttle that we took it was the, it was just the three of us on like my group oh, okay could yeah. you book it like with just your cir- like your circle of friends I don't or know exactly what their like protocol is but that's the way okay. it ended up for us i mean and the other end of it is just like you can always go up and self shuttle with your friends yeah yeah i think i'd definitely do the self shuttle yeah then they also rent e-bikes in um in Downingville outfitters as well I know the Colorado, Colorado kid, he was on the, the mm-hmm. chat earlier. Mm-hmm. I bumped into him whenever I went, went up there at the beginning of the se- season. And him and his friends, they rode like 8,000 feet elevation. Yeah, I saw that video. I don't think they made it all the way, though. but Or maybe they did. I think they were on like Hecklers, I think. Santa Cruz Hecklers. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what which bikes they were riding. But either way, I mean, like. Ultimately, dude, you could get an e-bike, you could pedal from the bottom all the way to the top and do a run and have your own own shuttle. Yeah, he said, yeah, all the way back to town, he said in the yeah. comments. So that's the way to go. That's that's a perfect use case of e-bikes. Right? Yeah, and they did that trail that's not the 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 regular Downingville downhill. There's you know in that back parking lot, they're like back behind the the sheriff's office or whatever it is, like way back in the up back there's a trail that leaves from there and it goes back like towards sacramento instead of up the hill oh. towards tahoe huh and um so apparently it was pretty fun you know hmm. well i know you need to get going man i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me man. It's, it's been it's been a long time we, we need to get out in the dirt it's been too long yeah we definitely need to we need to ride soon let's make that happen man <laughs> for sure yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. I know it's a little shorter show, but hey, it is what it is. If you guys liked what you uh, what you got a, got a little bit of tonight, hit the like button. If you didn't like it, hit it twice, um, <laughs> just because it's fun to push buttons, right? If you guys want to see more or hear more, hit the subscribe button because that actually makes me happy, and I would I would enjoy seeing this thing keep growing. And if it doesn't keep growing, one day it might just be deleted and then you guys be like what the hell i'll be like hey you didn't subscribe it's not my fault it's yours so so, um other than that man you got anything to say anybody before they leave no this has been great thanks for thanks for watching that was awesome man definitely had a good time for all you guys out there remember it only takes a bike to be a biker so get out and be one